Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about myeloma. And if you want to follow along with written notes on myeloma, you can find them at zerotofinals.com slash myeloma or in the hematology section of the Zero to Finals medicine book. So let's get straight into it. Myeloma is a cancer of a specific type of cell in the blood called plasma cells. And these plasma cells are a type of B lymphocyte that produce antibodies. Cancer in a specific type of plasma cell results in large quantities of a single type of antibody being produced. And myeloma accounts for about 1% of all cancers. Multiple myeloma is where the myeloma affects multiple areas of the body and monoclonal gammopathy of undetermined significance or MGUS is where there is an excess of a single type of antibody or antibody components without other features of myeloma or cancer. This is often an incidental finding in an otherwise healthy person and as the name suggests the significance is unclear. So it may progress to myeloma or it may not and patients are often followed up routinely to monitor for progression of the disease. Smouldering myeloma is where there is a progression of embogus with higher levels of antibodies or antibody components, but it's not a full myeloma. So it's a pre-malignant condition, and it's more likely to progress to myeloma than MGUS. However, it's not progressed there yet. There's a condition called Waldenstrom's macroglobulinemia, which is a type of smouldering myeloma where there's an excess of IgM specifically. Let's talk about the pathophysiology. Plasma cells are B cells, or B lymphocytes, from the immune system that have become activated to produce a specific type of antibody. They're called B cells because they're found in the bone marrow, and myeloma is a cancer of a specific type of plasma cell where there's a genetic mutation that causes it to rapidly and uncontrollably multiply. Remember that plasma cells produce a single type of antibody and antibodies are also called immunoglobulins, and they're complex molecules that are made up of two heavy chains and two light chains that are arranged in a Y shape, and they help the immune system to recognize and fight infections by targeting specific proteins on the pathogen. And they come in five main types, A, G, M, D, and E, And when you measure immunoglobulins in a patient with myeloma, one of those types will be significantly abundant. And more than 50% of the time, this immunoglobulin type is type G or IgG. This single type of antibody that is produced by all the identical cancerous plasma cells is called a monoclonal paraprotein. So a paraprotein is the complex protein, that is the antibody, And monoclonal means a single type of that immunoglobulin. The Bentz-Jones protein that you'll hear people talk about testing for in the urine is a specific type of protein in the urine of patients with myeloma. And it's actually a part or a subunit of the antibody called the light chains. So the Bentz-Jones protein is a light chain from the antibody that's produced in excess by those cancerous plasma cells. So why does it cause anemia? Well, the cancerous plasma cells invade the bone marrow, and this is described as bone marrow infiltration. And this causes suppression of the development of other blood cell lines 
that leads to anemia or low red cells, neutropenia or low neutrophils, and thrombocytopenia or low platelets. Let's talk about myeloma bone disease. Myeloma bone disease is a result of increased osteoclast activity and suppressed osteoblast activity. Remember that osteoclasts absorb bone and osteoblasts deposit bone. This results in the metabolism of bone becoming imbalanced as more bone is being absorbed than is being constructed. And this is caused by cytokines that are released from the plasma cells and from the stromal cells. And the stromal cells release these cytokines when they're in contact with plasma cells. So because you have an excess of these plasma cells, they stimulate cytokines to be released, which increases osteoclast activity and suppresses osteoblast activity. Common places for myeloma bone disease to happen are the skull, the spine, the long bones and the ribs. The abnormal bone metabolism is patchy, meaning that in some areas the bone is very thin, whereas in the remaining areas it's relatively normal. These patches of thin bone can be described as osteolytic lesions. These osteolytic lesions are weak points in the bone that lead to pathological fractures. For example, a vertebral body in the spine may collapse, causing a vertebral fracture, or a long bone such as the femur may break under minimal force. Or the osteoclast activity causes a lot of calcium to be reabsorbed from the bone into the blood, and this causes a hypercalcemia, or a high blood calcium level. People with myeloma can develop something called plasmacytomas, and these are individual tumours that are formed by cancerous plasma cells. And these can occur in the bones, replacing normal bone tissue, or they can occur outside the bones in the soft tissue of the body. Next, let's talk about myeloma renal disease. And this is myeloma disease affecting the kidneys. Patients with myeloma often develop renal impairment, and this is due to a number of factors. Firstly, the high levels of immunoglobulins, which remember are antibodies, can block the flow through the tubules, so they basically clog up the kidneys. The hypercalcemia that's caused by myeloma bone disease impairs the renal function. They're often dehydrated, and medications that are used to treat the condition, such as bisphosphonates, can also be harmful to the kidneys. Finally, let's talk about hyperviscosity. The normal plasma viscosity, or the internal friction of flow in the blood, is between 1.3 and 1.7 times that of water. So to oversimplify it, blood is 1.3 to 1.7 times thicker than water. Plasma viscosity increases when there are more proteins in the blood. And these are proteins like immunoglobulins and fibrinogen, both of which increase with inflammation. In myeloma, there's large amounts of immunoglobulins in the blood, and this causes the plasma viscosity to be significantly higher. Raising the plasma viscosity can cause a number of issues, causes increased bruising, easy bleeding, reduced or loss of sight due to vascular disease in the eye, so it can clog up the blood going into the back of the eye, purple discoloration to the extremities, so they can get a purplish palmar erythema or a discoloration to the palm of the hand, and heart failure because it's more difficult for the blood to be pumped around the body. So there's a lot of information there, but there's a handy mnemonic to remember the four features of myeloma that you need to remember for your exams. And the mnemonic is CRAB, 
and CRAB stands for calcium, which is elevated in hypercalcemia, R for renal failure, A for anemia, which is typically a normocytic, normochromic anemia from the replacement of the bone marrow, and finally B for bone lesions and bone pain. So what are the risk factors for somebody developing myeloma? Well, firstly, older age. This is typically a disease of older people. Being male is an increased risk factor. Being black African in ethnicity, a family history of myeloma and obesity. So if you suspect somebody has myeloma, how do you go about investigating? Well, here's an oversimplified version of the 2006 NICE guidelines on suspected myeloma. And they suggest considering myeloma in anyone over the age of 60 who has persistent bone pain, particularly back pain, or unexplained fractures. And the initial investigations to perform are a full blood count, where you might see a low white cell count in myeloma, a calcium, which you might see is raised in myeloma, an ESR, or erythrocyte sedimentation rate, which is raised in myeloma, and a plasma viscosity, which is raised in myeloma. If any of these are positive or myeloma is still suspected, do an urgent serum protein electrophoresis and a urine Benz-Jones protein test. So how do you test specifically for myeloma? Well, the 2016 NICE guidelines provide guidance on investigating and managing myeloma. And they recommend the following initial investigations when myeloma is strongly suspected. And you can remember these with the mnemonic BLIP, B-L-I-P. And remember, you can't exclude myeloma with just one normal investigation. So the B is for Benz-Jones protein. And you would request a urine electrophoresis, which would tell you whether there's a Benz-Jones protein or not. L is for serum-free light chain assay. And this looks at the light chains, which are a component of immunoglobulins in the blood. I is for serum immunoglobulins. And P is for serum protein electrophoresis. A bone marrow biopsy is also necessary to confirm the diagnosis of myeloma and also get more information on the disease, such as the specific plasma cells that have been mutated. And it's also necessary to do imaging to assess for bone lesions and the order of preference to establish the imaging for bone lesions is number one ideally you'd want a whole body MRI if that's not possible number two is a whole body CT and if that's not possible number three is a skeletal survey and a skeletal survey is essentially x-ray images of the full skeleton. Patients only require one investigation to investigate for bone lesions but they might not tolerate or they might not be suitable for MRI or CT. So if you do a skeletal survey, what are the x-ray signs of myeloma bone disease? Well, you can get punched out lesions, which are circular punched out lesions from the bone, lytic lesions, which are quite similar, and a pepper pot skull is the typical exam description of the skull appearance in myeloma, which is where there's many punched out lesions throughout the skull. It gives it a pepper pot appearance. So next let's talk about management of myeloma. The aim of treatment is to control the disease and it usually takes a relapsing remitting course and treatment aims to improve the quality and the quantity of the patient's life. 
Management, of course, will be undertaken by a haematologist and oncologist specialist multidisciplinary team. And the first line treatment usually involves a combination of chemotherapy with bortezomide, thalidomide and dexamethasone. So chemotherapy and steroids. Stem cell transplantation can be used as part of a clinical trial where patients are suitable and there's likely to be ongoing clinical trials. It's also worth noting that patients require venous thromboembolism prophylaxis with aspirin or low molecular weight heparin whilst on certain chemotherapy regimes like thalidomide as there's an increased risk of developing a blood clot or a thrombus. Next let's talk about management of myeloma bone disease. And typically myeloma bone disease can be improved using bisphosphonates because they suppress the osteoclast activity. Radiotherapy to bone lesions can improve some of the bone pain. Orthopedic surgery can be used to stabilize the bone, for example by inserting a prophylactic intramedullary rod, which is a rod that goes into the long bones and maintains their stability. And orthopedic surgery can also be used to treat any pathological fractures that occur. A process called cement augmentation involves injecting cement into vertebral fractures or lesions and these can improve the spine stability and also improve the spinal pain. And finally let's talk about some of the complications of myeloma itself and of the treatments and these include infection particularly because the immune system will be suppressed by the proliferation of a single type of immunoglobulin. Pain particularly bone pain is a common feature renal failure, anemia, hypercalcemia comes with its own complications, peripheral neuropathy, spinal cord compression, particularly if you get a large tumor mass around the spine that compresses the spinal cord, and hyperviscosity with its own complications such as venous thromboembolism and heart failure. So thanks for listening to this episode on myeloma. I hope you found it helpful. And if you want written notes on this topic and all the other podcast episode topics, head over to Amazon and pick up a copy of the Zero to Finals Medicine book. It's got detailed and concise notes on 10 specialties in medicine and over 160 individual topics like myeloma. And it contains the key facts and guidelines you need for your medical exams. If you don't fancy spending any money on it, you can find all the notes as well as videos, illustrations and questions completely free on the Zero to Finals website at zerodefinals.com. And either way, I hope you tune in for the next episode, which will be on myeloproliferative disorders.